Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Felicia Paul, the fan. Here it is. First down from the ball strike for the Bills. Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion. And Davis is behind Allen. And he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's the safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what, what's taking so long. Oh, the ball came out. Yes, the Vikings are going to win. Yes, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. Holy cow. Josh Allen tried to the touchdown through the middle. They signal touchdown. The ruling on the field is that the quarterback muffed the snap. Minnesota dived on the ball in the end zone yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah. Yes! Are you kidding me? Happy Versich via Twitter for hardcore football takes. Analyst for the Vikings Radio Network for more than a decade and a half. Absolute privilege uh, working to the left of that individual and uh, going back and forth no matter the circumstances. But uh, the circumstances are that of joy this year with a seven-game winning streak. An 8-1 and one football team well clear in the NFC North and um, hooking Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys this weekend. The the game yesterday, Peter, and we, we didn't you know even really say this but, but between segments or, or like when we went to break before we came back, but it, it had that Philly feel to it. Uh, you know, the quarterback threw a couple of picks. One of them, both of them were bad, but the second one was it just was aesthetically very bad. And and they're down two touchdowns and a field goal in the second half to a really good yep. quarterback who can run. It it felt like the Philly flop game from week two, except they flipped the script this time against a very good team, found a victory in overtime. Uh, now that you've slept on it, and thought about it, and dreamt about it, uh, what what are some of your day after thoughts? Oh, um, it, you know, I think that's that's a big part of it, Paul. Is is you're down by 17 points to a very very good football team, and they hung in there. Um, Kirk Cousins could have played better, right? Two interceptions, one of which was really bad. The other one was just an over was an overthrow. Um, he hung in there, and even by the end of the game, he was kind of stepping up in the pocket and extending plays a little bit, moving around. It's uh, all of that, and then to see Dalvin Cook out there and the way he was running, and and I can't, yeah, anyone you anybody who was there or knows somebody that was there, uh, take the minute to call him and talk to him about just how Dalvin looked carrying the football on that last drive, right. He he was he was just a st- it was like again like a video game he was just a step faster than everybody else that was out there, um, you know to see Patrick Peterson get his second interception in the game and end it that way, um, just they fought back right they came back and they hung in there together and got it done and it's you don't you just don't see that too often in this day and age you definitely don't see it against a team as good as the Bills. And you definitely don't see it in Buffalo, 
That team had a six-game home winning streak. Mm. It was a big part of, uh, you know, they were 0-2 in the division, but both of those games were on the road. So you beat a, a, a damn good football team in their house after being down by 17 points. Now, did some things go our way? Absolutely, but some, a lot of things went their way, too. Special teams was part of it, right? Uh, that was another, that was kind of an exciting, you know, kind of a nugget inside, inside the game was whenever we were kicking to the north or anybody was kicking to the north, then the special teams unit really hit because there was going to be a kickoff return. So, you know, giving them the short field and we got ourselves a short field, it was it was just fabulous. And to see the guys compete, especially, I mean, I, I can't go any talk any more about this than, than uh, um, you know, talking about our guy, you know, Justin Jefferson mm. with, with him fighting for the football and, mm. Yeah, it just it was. Uh, I listened to that call, the the one you just played, and you know Josh Allen, who's not under center a lot, right? He's in the shotgun all the time, so he has to get under center, mm-hmm. and doesn't get out. He snaps the ball, and you see the pile. And normally, there's a long whistle with all that, so the pile would usually at some point move forward or whatever, and it didn't move. And we're both like, "Oh my god, it's a safety! It's a safety!" And we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and then. When the referee put his arms up instead of putting his hands together over the top of his head, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, it's a touchdown! It. It's a hot that that's this team. Couldn't believe it, right? That's this team. Yeah, you go from not being able to punch it in with a quarterback sneak on the one <laughs> you know one inch line mm-hmm. to a play later, you score a touchdown. It, it, it's it's fantastic. It, it's I mean, I'm I'm I heard that and I'm just I'm smiling. In la- and just because I, because the emotion, right? You, you, because of what happened and how this team is, and it's 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 been it's been a blast. And you know, I, I tell you what, there's some there's some guys out there playing hard. We've been doing doing this without Dalvin Tomlinson. You know, uh, Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, those guys are playing so well. Kyrus Tonga showing up. Harrison Phillips is playing well. James Lynch is showing. I mean, Jordan Hicks showed up. A few times yesterday, a couple sneaky good things. Bynum's still playing, playing well. Yeah, I, they're all. Yeah, it, it, it. Caleb Evans gets out there and does a great job, and then Andrew Booth Jr. You know, comes in and gets to play a little bit, and then you know the hero of the day is a guy that uh, you know, we don't, no one even knows of. You kidding me? I mean, it <laughs> it, like, it personifies, like you said, you know, with the uh, with Allen under center and the serendipitous moment of the ball coming out and it's not just stuck there or a safety it's a touchdown it's a touchdown and and so so there that moment can can be identifiable with the season and the 8 and 1 and the fascination thereof however the all hands on deck mentality with this team you call people can call the next man up if they want but it hasn't happened a lot with the Vikings they haven't had a lot of injuries well no. in in this one against those guys specifically Von Miller uh, it's Blake Brandle playing the majority of the second half at left tackle, okay? And he holds up. You got that. And then Evans, who I think has some star potential with those long arms and the good angles, well, then he's out, and then Booth comes in, and Allen picks on him. It's up and down, but that's how it's going to be in your debut. Well, then he's out, and here's Duke Shelley, who's <laughs> been around the whole year. I mean, he, he's Shelley. been elevated a couple of times for uh, – for special teams and insurance as a DB, and the mm. insurance policy paid off yesterday. He, back left of the end zone, Duke Shelley. Well done. Yeah, and the cool part too is is when you know you're watching you're watching this game, and 
All, we see, you know, Derisaw goes out and Blake Blake Brandle comes in. And that first series after it happens, Von Miller's playing left defensive end, yep. right, going against Brian O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Then they see it and they're like, okay, next series, we're going to put Von Miller on the other side, right? And then you talk about Duke Shelley. When Duke Shelley was in the game, they, they, um, they knew he was, it took him a while. And then they're like, okay, well, we're going to take a shot at the end zone. And that, was it Kumarol that they threw the ball to? I, mean, I thought it I was Gabe it, Davis. But Nordo, I think, said Dawson Knox. And he, well, yeah, who, whomever it was. With Duke. with Duke Shelley at the corner of yeah. the end zone there, that was Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. So that was a $14 million a year tight end <laughs> against, against Duke Shelley. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, and and if it was Gabe Davis, which it wasn't, he had a touchdown, and it was one of those receivers from the 2020 wide receiver draft. But, yep. uh, but it, wow, it was a tight end. See, we're yep. freaking out because it's Duke Shelley. <laughs> we didn't even know who it was. Yeah, who cares? It's Duke Shelley. Who cares who he defended, right? I don't know. And that was another thing, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is a guy that was a number three receiver, moved himself up to number two yep. after a great year last year. He's kind of back on his first-year pace with the drops, and he was catching almost everything thrown his way. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, he's out there making catches, and it's like, okay, all right, part of the problem with the Bills is, is you know, they, Diggs is their only playmaker, and now you got guys around him making some plays. Dawson Knox even had a couple catches. Um, Bro, you, and you're, can, and you're, you can't and you're be faster going, than Devin Singletary. He was unbelievable. <laughs> no, he, well, he's so shifty. He he's unbelievably shifty. And in, in, in the first, there was actually the second drive when they got the short field and just kind of marched down. It looked like the defense was arm tackling. It's like, okay, guys, we need to uh, you know step up a little bit here. But I'm saying for for the Bills, they have some offensive weapons that that have disappeared on them here and there, and that's caused a lot of their woes. Well. Yesterday, when they go up 17, and these guys are all playing well, and Allen's moving the ball around and everything else, and you're thinking, okay, they, you know, they kind of got it figured out, and here we go. And even from that point to yep. be able to turn this thing around, it Love was. It. And then, and then, you know, I know the kick with Joseph and all that, and that that would have changed. This game would have changed, unbel- you know. It would have been a completely different football game mm-hmm. had he makes makes if he makes that PAT, right. but we overcame that too. Yep. Right, right. Two yep. cousins interceptions, and yeah, did it require uh, did it require us to get four turnovers? Yes, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. What <laughs> matters is Joseph knows, and the rest of the team knows. Well, if he misses a key PAT, that's all right. We got it. Mm-hmm. And if Cousins throws a pick at some point, everyone's like. It's okay. We have it. You know, we did it. We, we we can do this. And love it. That's that attitude again. It, as I've said it before, when things don't go well, and they're not at some point, doesn't matter who you are. The reaction is critical. If you're, and I don't mean to pick on Detroit, but if you're Detroit and something goes wrong, and you're you know you're ahead and something goes wrong, you're like, oh man, here we go again. And when you're a winning team, I remember us in 98, things weren't going our way. It was always, well, who's going to make the play? Who's going to be the hero this week, right? And that subtle difference is all the difference when teams are so evenly matched, no matter who they are and who you're playing. And you that has to be real. That can't be told or taught or coached. That has that you know, that faith that whatever that is has to be uh, organic it has to be experienced and and seen and witnessed and then so all these guys have witnessed all of this so as long as they're 
And I don't think that they're going to show up and say, eh, we're so good, we don't, you know, we can just throw our helmets out there and win. It's not like we've been just destroying people. Right. Right? And so that's another. The way this the season's unfolded, and, you know, and it would be even better if this was the, if these were the last nine games of the year, right, um, to go eight and one in the last nine. But, um, you know, this is a, a foundation that is fantastic. The animated analyst, Pete Bursich, analyst for the Vikings Radio Network, former linebacker and coach with the Minnesota Vikings. It's 10-16. We pause, and uh, when we return, uh, more conversation with Pete, walking you up to P.J. Fleck, coach of the Golden Gophers, uh, at 10-40. Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, right around 11 o'clock. And right now with the cash thing, the con. The fan and Granite Logistics want to give you a shot to put a grand in your hand with the National Cash Contest. All you got to do, go to KFAN.com, enter the keyword credit. You might win $1,000 just by going to KFAN.com, keyword credit. It's the fan, your home for all things winning. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. catch with the 42 inch vertical and the one-handed right-handed piece was sweet uh jj's pulling it from cam lewis sweet uh of kirk back right of the end zone to jj that was sweet uh just just over and dalvin pulling away on the 81 as you mentioned earlier and and that you know that that really plays into uh something that that low-key we've talked about during the broadcast or just like on the road and stuff but uh the 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 longer the game gets, the stronger the Minnesota Vikings are becoming. And, you know, in the Green Bay game, when Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and X amount of players were huffing and puffing in the fourth quarter of a blowout, that's one thing. Then you start to see things like in London and, and, and how strength and conditioning and, 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 um, and, and, and the sports science department or sports performance, all that, is, is how they're getting these guys ready 
what they're what they're doing or not doing in practices and and certain facets that that I don't we don't know what they are. But the Vikings conditioning wise, I ain't kidding you, man. At at the end of that Washington game, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne had wrecked the entire game. I mean, they they were unbelievable. Final five minutes of the game, they were huffing and puffing and arm tackling Dalvin because they were out of shape and tired. While the Vikings just kept sustaining and becoming stronger. And that happened again yesterday. Buffalo didn't necessarily fall apart the way Allen and Payne did or the Packers or some other scenarios we've seen, Pete. But the the when Dalvin pulled away from those guys, that was another indicator that the conditioning, the training, Tyler Williams and his staff and what they're doing, which I have no idea what the non-obvious here is, <laughs> but for, somehow the longer the game, the stronger we are becoming. Yeah, and it matters too. Um, you you mentioned Dalvin, obviously, and Dalvin does not, you know, this time of year, um, back in the past when he was about a third of this offense, um, this is the time of year where he's, you know, he, he would you could tell. Right. You could tell he was just getting tired. And this year is obviously not the case as he yesterday looked ridiculous. But it does, the conditioning part of it does matter. And, and, and I think about the uh, Indianapolis Colts when they played Washington the week before we played Washington. And the Colts, you know, they had control of that game and Washington came back at the end. And it was the final. They had a hundred. They had more than half of their offensive output. Washington did on the last two series of the game, and when you when I watched the game on film, the pass rush of the Colts absolutely disappeared on those last two drives, and Heineke was able to scramble and you know sit in the pocket and do some things and make some throws. What you say and what you know you seeing that and bringing that point up is is unbelievably important. Um, and I've you see it not just with us, but you see it happening with other teams when the conditioning just goes away, and these guys that normally win uh, matchups don't because they're they're fatigued. Um, it ha- you know it's it's happening. It happens all over the place, Paul. And for us and for this team to look as fresh as they do, yeah, it's a huge it's a huge advantage. So whatever it is that they're doing. <laughs> You know, it's a science and they're committed to it. Um, it's a I know it's a confab of conditioning, strength, um, trainers, diet, you know, diet, all those things. Normal in, in normally in the old school days, those those the trainers and the weight room coaches and, the, you know, they all kind of operated separately and everybody fought over their own turf and everything else. Well, here it, it's a situation where everybody's working together. And obviously that plan is is coming to fruition and it's helping. And you're absolutely right. That's a that's a key part that allows this team to do what it does late in games they're just yeah you're right they're they look fresh they look um you know after you think about it we go to london yeah and then you turn around and you go you have a game at home and when most people have a bye after the london game you have a home game against the bears and then you jump on a plane and fly another three hours down to miami so that yeah that's it it, and you look fresh down there in the heat so it's like Mm. yeah they're doing whatever they're doing they're doing a wonderful job and it's definitely it's definitely uh, um, an advantage for this team right now. Neither one of us, uh, at least at this stage, I know when you're done here and within five minutes, you'll, you'll start deep diving Dallas film. 
uh, for the O'Connell uh, film film study tomorrow at the Vikings Entertainment Network. And um, and and X's and O's. I got my chat with him tomorrow, and we do winning formula with Gabe. Uh, but off what we know about Dallas, you know, it, it's we're on an airplane flying back, and everybody's tired, man, and minds are spinning, and and people are watching movies, and we're doing work and stuff. Well, I see it's twenty eight fourteen Dallas at halftime, yep. and, we're, and Green Bay's ratty, and and you got no Rashawn Gary, and Quay Walker might not have played, and it's what whatever, man. I mean, they're decimated. Well, they come back and win, so props to them because that's hard to do. What's up with Dallas, man? Seriously, with Dak Prescott throwing it like right to corners and safeties, and 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 Dallas is next. What do you think of the boys? Um, you know it, what's interesting about about Dallas, Paul, and and I've seen this, I've seen this over the you know last few years that we've played them because we've played them what three years in a row now. This will be the fourth year in a row, right? I believe um, it's they for whatever reason, for whatever reason they put everything on Dak Prescott and it's almost as if they you know when when the game when the game is on the line they put the ball in his hand in his hands and they make you know they make him and I don't know if Dak is necessarily the best player on that team right Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason he's he's the focus of that offense and I you know I'm taking a look right here He's, you know, he's 27 of 46 yesterday, three touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. And then he had a passer rating of 78.6. Mm. Yeah. You, you're, you're there. Are, you have other players on that team. Right. Pollard is, is, right. is averaging, you know, I don't know, like five, some yards of carry. The guy's unbelievable. You have CD lamb, but for whatever reason, they just want Dak Prescott to win the football games. Right. And when push comes to shove, they're going to put the ball in his hands and he doesn't always deliver. And so, I don't know if that's the same thing because I've always kind of scratched my head on that and said, you know, fourth and one and they're going for it at midfield. And instead of running the football, <laughs> you have someone like Pollard or, mm. you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you're, uh, you know, drop back passing. It's like, why, 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 you know, and that's that's just kind of how, you know, these Cowboys are. But they seem to have our number. Um, you know, last year was a was a, as disappointing of a loss as I think you can experience as well, far we, as having a backup quarterback. We, and just, we beat we beat him in 2019. Remember that Sunday night game with Odenabo and uh, yeah. and Armand Watts. Yeah, so it's it's it'll be it's going to be a great game, and and you know, with Dallas comes all the national attention, right? And at some point, um, people are going to realize this is a good football team. Um, I think right now. People and especially officials. I think the, the officials kind of—they're human beings, right? And they have mm-hmm. this—they have this thing in the back of their mind where they're like, "Yeah, they're good, but they're not that good," right? right. I mean, Chris Carter never got called for a push off because he's Chris Carter, right? That's what he does. He makes you know uh, third and eight. He makes a nine yard catch, right? He's covered, double covered, whatever. And that's just what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this club is starting to earn—is going to earn that, and you're going to. Um, uh, you know, I think see expectations change of national and everything else, and I think that's going to help us out too because yep. you know the, on the officiating side, you mentioned conditioning, Paul, and we were ta- you and we were talking about this during the game with Buffalo and the way that they were putting people on and off the field. They were yep. rotating guys constantly, and it did bite them in the rear end because on that first and first and goal from the two, they had twelve guys on the field and the, there wasn't a flag. They what? missed it. The really? officials missed it. Yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So the, the first TFL before the play before Cousins got sacked for 10 yards, they yeah. had 12 guys on the field. Right. How about, but just quickly, how about the officials? I mean, I see Nordo's tweets when we're flying back, and I guess the Gabe Davis bit very late on that, that final. Yeah, he dropped game. it. Right. Well, I mean, we're mm-hmm. so frenzied and watching 8 million things and the running to the line of scrimmage. I had no idea that happened. Well, you can't see it because we uh, we didn't have any, you know, there were no TVs for us to watch, and it happened on the other side of the field. Right. The other one was the was uh, the Kendricks. They called him for a horse collar tackle, and from what I from what I understand, it really, it wasn't a horse collar tackle. Mm-hmm. So that's three, right? So those, those, that's 15 yards on the horse collar. Crazy. How many yards on that catch? 20-something probably. Yeah. And then, you know, um, uh, you know, half the distance to the goal and repeat first down on the other one. Yeah. So... It for twelve guys on the field. So, at some point, we, <laughs> you know, this this the, that part of it's going to change. I think it, um, you know, and yeah, yeah, you have to earn that. So, we'll see. And I mean, but I just listened to the call and some of the highlights and how much fun we had yesterday, man. That was just so yeah. much fun. Uh, and I'll never forget expecting to see the referee make a safety, you know, put his hands together, and then he mm-hmm. puts his hands up for a touchdown, and I was like, oh, my. It, it was hey. – that was – yeah, that 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 was um, – that may, may never happen again, but I'll tell you what, man, to be there and witness that, and if anybody's listening that was there, yeah. what a moment. Yep. What a, what a moment in, 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 in football. And, Just, it, was, it was incredible. And for the fans watching and or listening, uh, they all got paid. I mean, it, yeah, it was terrific, and – and hopefully it's terrific again next week. Now, I will see you tomorrow at the Vikings Entertainment Network. Thank you very much uh, for the time. Uh, tell Nate Vaughn, Patrick Peterson made a request on 9 to noon uh, that he needs video of him calling game near the end of the game before he oh. undercut Allen. So when you I, see- thought we, I thought you wanted us to shave his mustache, that little <laughs> caterpillar that yeah, he's every, got. Everybody's got those. Lip. Those are happening now, and they're weird. Yeah, I know. All right. It's, um, it's creepy. Uh, right, but I have uh, my, my eyebrows a caterpillar, so I'm the last <laughs> Damn kids these days. anybody, but at least my eyebrows <laughs> Velcro, and it doubles as a mustache. All right, love you. Talk to you soon. All right, man. See you. Bye. E.J. Fleck, coach of Skyuma football, uh, throttling Northwestern around the corner. Good morning. Yeah, the fan. McManus, a redshirt freshman, waiting for the snap, gives to the true freshman Evans, cuts it back at the five, stays on his feet, he is in, touchdown, Minnesota Golden Gophers, the fireworks go off in the east end zone, and Evans has his first touchdown in maroon and gold in just his third career carry. And now to a victory of a different color. This one is maroon and gold. Makes it a golden time of day on this Monday. PJ, Paul Allen, congratulations on the victory this weekend, my man. Hey, congratulations to you, too. What a win. Skull wow. Vites, man. Yeah, and, and Skull PJ and Sky Uma PJ. I mean, it was a hell of an overtime victory, but I loved your game on Saturday. And thank heavens, even with a road game, I got a chance to watch most of it, which, which has been a problem this year for me. But why I loved it, and I know Northwestern ain't great, uh, specifically offensively, is it's an identity thing, man. It's the identity of your team is that running game, and Mo goes 178-3. and three. 
the redshirt freshman quarterback pushes through what I perceived as clear in experience and made key plays with his legs and his arm, and the defense overwhelmed their offense. So that that was a wonderful win, PJ. It was a really good win for us, and you kind of knew it was going to be a good day. Right before, nobody knows this, but right before the game, my daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, Paisley, comes up to me, and she's she's the one that has the biggest heart in the world, rainbows and butterflies. She lives in a life of just, you know, smiles and, 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 and rainbows. She comes up to me before the game, and she gives me this acorn. She's like, Daddy, I found this acorn. It's a lucky acorn. You're, I have one, and you have one. You're going to win today. And after the game, I showed her that acorn. I said, hey, baby, now listen, I need another acorn next week. You got to go find me another acorn. Wow. So uh, she's got to work it out for her, find those lucky acorns as the, years go, as the, as the year goes on. But um, she, is, she, she is so fun. But anyway. I love uh, besides that. that besides, the, besides the acorn theory, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just thought it was really you – know, the thing on offense was we did what we had to do to win the game. If we hit two key plays that we – one slips out of our hand, ball slips out of our hand. Yeah. If we hit the receiver that's open – there's nobody covering him, and he's scot free. He's still running for 75 yards. And if we make a throw on one of the, the posts that we have, Baylor catches it and goes scores because there's nobody left uh, because of their cover zero they're playing. And we just didn't make those throws. And we just, I'm really proud of our guys for working through a lot of those things. We just didn't make some of the routine things that would have made it look a lot different. So when you're that close, you're really encouraged as a coach, especially with a freshman quarterback, that he can do it. He's shown he can do it. Uh, you just got to do it in the pressure of the situation and the moment, but that comes with experience. Yep. And like you said, he was able to still do things with his legs. So, uh, and then defensively, I thought we tackled and rallied really well. Uh, a couple of things here. First, your daughter's name is Paisley. Yes. And that's Paisley Jane, really, little PJ. Yeah. So she's uh, yeah. Paisley Jane and, uh, and her name precedes her very well. Well, you're, you're on the radio with a host who has a, a, 19-year-old daughter in college in, in Denver, and I miss her every day. The producer has twin daughters who are much younger. So you're playing on the hearts of uh, of of daddy, uh, of daughter daddies. So that that was fantastic. Completely get what you're saying there. Thanks for sharing that. And with, with, with Dalen, with the receiver, Dalen Wright, you know, we're not that far removed from him just like not playing. And and I think your comment was, well, you got to be professional or, or whatever on and off the field. And that's pretty much the end of the conversation. Well, well, now it seems like he's responded from whatever happened, maybe more professional with, with his approach to the game and everything, because he does get open a ton of times. Yeah, I think, you know, we have high standards for our players. You know, it's, it's, it's college football. You know, these are student athletes. So on and off the field, um, we have high standards for our players, academically, athletically, socially, serving and giving and all those things. And, um, you know, uh, these are all teaching moments for young people. You know, as you go through, I mean, we're teachers and educators. When they get to your level, they're professionals, you know. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to make college athletes professionals, but they're still student athletes and they're still going to college and they're still students. So, uh, and they're still developing. You know, I mean, you're talking about 17 to 23-year-old young men. Um, that aren't even adults yet. They're getting there. Um, and you got a chance to be able to influence them best you can. And there's going to be really good times. There's going to be some hard times. And you just got to keep, you know, rowing through them. And uh, that's our expectation of all of our guys. Well, uh, here comes the rivalry game, uh, one of the rivalry games, Iowa for that big fat pig. It's here. And um, and, and with this game, you know, I, I haven't watched Iowa play this year, but in, in even just reading stuff in cursory fashion, you know, you would think that the offense is like the worst since – Football was invented. So, you know, that, that's something I'm going to get into momentarily. 
But it seems to me from afar here, PJ, in this game against Iowa, and standings are all jumbled up now. I mean, we had some changes over the weekend, which is really sweet, is man getting manageable third downs on offense. And and I know winning first and second down and making it third and six or longer is not preferred, but nevertheless, manageable third downs against these guys. Is that a sneaky key? It's 100%. I mean, you know, this team's one of the best defensive teams in the country, right, that we're going to play. They score almost at will on defense. They score like an offense does on defense. And then their offense can complement that. And I think when you know your team, remember, everybody wants a team to be whatever they want it to be. And whatever they think, everybody should score 50 points, nobody should ever score. So, but when you're in your own program, you know your team better than anyone else. And you're making decisions based on the personnel that you have that give yourself the best chance to go win the game. And if you're consistent with that, you give yourself the best chance to win games. And Iowa knows who they are. And they're very good defensively. They're efficient on offense. They play field position. They put you in bad positions. And they make you make mistakes because they don't make the mistake. And I think that's a compliment to them and how well uh, they've built this team and how well they've been that way for so many years. Is it uh, PJ is a PJ Fleck coach of the Golden Gophers football team. They beat Northwestern over the weekend, got a nice little winning streak going right now. Iowa here this weekend, Huntington Bank Stadium and um, and and gophersports.com for more information. Now, is is this, as the kids would say, a thing with the players where like they'll look at social media They'll look at the box scores and the stats and everything. Of course, they'll learn via film from you and the coaches. But making sure they don't get, like, overconfident that this Iowa offense is terrible. And then, like, come in there and all of a sudden Iowa dials up some weird double move they haven't done all year and they're, and they're, and they're leading. You know what I mean? We, we, we go in one-game championship seasons. Uh, we have respect for every single opponent we play. This is one of the best robberies in college football. Uh, and it's the Big Ten. So – you, you better bring your best game every single day uh, that you play on Saturdays, period, no matter who you are. Uh, and we have a ton of respect for them and what they do. Uh, you know, you don't have to tell our team how important this game is, and I'm sure Kirk doesn't have to tell his team how important this game is. Everybody knows that. And there's mutual respect across the board for the rivalry and um, expect nothing less uh, on Saturday. Uh, now, with uh, with this game, like how far ahead do you guys look at weather? I mean, like, like when when do you do you ten day forecast it on the internet like everybody else does? Do you guys pay for like next level uh, uh, weather reports? What what do you? Uh, how closely do you look at the weather a week in front of a game? Well, we look this morning, and then I make the practice plans according to the to the weather what's going to be on Saturday. So we do everything we can to create that environment throughout the week of whatever it's going to be on Saturday. And we've had weeks where it's going to be 65 degrees and then on game day it's supposed to snow. And so we'll do everything we can to create really cold environments, indoors, uh, open everything, create any type of wind we can, Mm -hmm. um, do everything you possibly can to create elements. Uh, We brought snow in the indoor before um, (laughs) because the elements outside weren't going to be what was going to be on game day, but it was going to be maybe somewhat cold with some snow. We brought snow inside. But how do you do that? I mean, without it melting, do you have like Paisley and 10 of her friends Bring it like have a snowball uh, yeah, no, fight. We have a, whole, we have a whole operation staff that does it. They, they put on <laughs> those gators and fill it all up and spread it across there. It takes yeah. a few hours, but they do a really good job. We open all the doors so it keeps the, keeps the snow from melting uh-huh. and the garage doors. So uh, we, we, we've got some great experience with doing it. And, uh, you know, you're doing everything you can to create the element you're going to see on Saturday. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, PJ, 
the when when it's snow, not rain, you know, and not wind. When it's snow, have you your experience? And you were an offensive player. You're an offensive mind, but you're a head coach. Do do you think it benefits the skill guys on offense or defense when the field is slick? Well, I, I think you can look at it in two different ways. I think when you're running routes, and I think it always benefits the offense because they know exactly where they're going. They know when they have to break. Um, I think when you're talking about, you know, the, the ball in the air, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically 50-50. Uh, I don't know if necessarily one has an advantage or the, of the other, but I think that when you are running routes in, in cold or wet weather um, and snow, I think that the offense always has an advantage because they know where they're going. And, uh, you know, the, the trust of the footwork, um, you know, and controlling your center of gravity a little bit differently, Um you know, would benefit an offense going forward and breaking down and having to be going backwards in that. Uh, that lastly, behooves me to credit um, and, and people to credit you, Joe Rossi, and specifically the coaches defensively. I can't remember what game it was. I think it's the last time you lost. You complained about the tackling um, and, and, and watching the game. There, there just were some arm tackles and just bad tackling. That's about the only way to put it. Man, it's completely turned around. Um, uh, via and, and I know you don't get a lot of certain type of practice during the course of the week to work on stuff like that because you're working on the next team. So uh, you guys have done a good job getting those kids squared away with tackling into these games. Well, I think you're just transparent and honest of why you win, why you lose. You know, I think that's what every Sunday is for. It's not about the win or the loss. It's about how you got there. And every game is completely different. There's games that we do it really well, games we struggle in it, and why did we struggle in it? And then you got to be able to fix that and correct that during the week. Uh, best of luck against um, against the Hawkeyes this weekend, okay? We'll chat next week. Excellent job, man. I really enjoyed the victory this weekend, and um, and have a good day, okay? Likewise, you too. We're the most guy, Mago Gophers, and Skull Vikes. I appreciate you, PJ. PJ Fleck, weekly 9 to noon for years. Love those conversations. And uh, that was celebratory regarding a win of a different color. Uh, it was gold, but it wasn't purple. It was maroon. And now we get the battle for the big fat pig coming up this weekend. Huntington Bank Stadium. Uh, nine to noon is on Kirk Cousins' watch. A quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. He should be joining right around the corner or shortly thereafter. Uh, then after that, uh, Lavelle Neal III was in Buffalo. Uh, he's a columnist for the Star Tribune and he's ballyhooed. Uh, he is, um, he's going to be in here for a couple of segments uh, and in as a matter of fact, uh, the border battle with uh, Sinny uh, off his um, off his fat squad beating Dallas yesterday by uh, and running him down at the wire. He'll be part of the conversation about 1140. But uh, Wobble also is here to tape a soccer podcast, uh, assumedly with Nordo and Brett Blakemore, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's uh, it's the it's world. It's a World Cup podcast with so let me. So the World Cup is what, five or six days away? First game, uh, I believe, is Sunday. First U.S. game is Monday. Right. Uh, what's the uh, What's the gist of the pod? Uh, just leading you up to it. They selected their roster for the World Cup in uh, Qatar or Qatar. We did upon uh, the U.S. team. Yep. Did yeah. Do we got a squad? So so well, we'll be we'll be all right. We're young. We're yep. different. There's there's no doubt about that. Right. But uh, but no, just leading you up to it. Then we'll react to the games. Have some fun with it. But uh, yeah, Lavelle is is super passionate about it. And uh, we have fun. So it's uh, available on the free iHeartRadio app, just like our entire empire of podcasts are. Uh, the report is number eight, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, is about four to five minutes from now. So we pause. And, um, and uh, we'll have a cuz buzz at 11 o'clock. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.